welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron, your number one source for theories, news and discussion, and interviews from the books and the films like me, Rupert Grint. I play Ron Weasley in the Harry Potter films. And now your host, Melissa, John and Sue. Welcome guys, it's Pottercast number 116. <laughs> I am Woohoo! I'm Melissa, I'm here with John and Sue, and we are entering another week of exciting discussions, theories and more on your favourite Harry Potter podcast. This week, as always, we have to check in with our friends at Borders. Sweet. I love our friends at Borders. Today's Pottercast is brought to you by Borders. Haven't read Harry Potter and the Deathly Hollows yet? Don't worry. Borders is here to help. Pick up your copy of this summer's smash hit soon. You won't be able to hide from the spoilers forever. You can count on Borders to have it in stock and ready to take home tonight, along with the audiobook version. Even if you've read the book, the Harry Potter fun doesn't have to end yet. Visit BordersMedia.com or click the Borders banner at the top of the podcast page to find out more. Awesome. Well, okay, in this week's show, we have lots of, well, sort of lots of, since Deathly Hallows, lots of is a relative term, yes. but fun news to discuss. Our next Phoenix Files will discuss Harry going over to the Ministry and his trial there at the Ministry. Ooh. Our Canon Conundrums, what's Canon Conundrums about this week, guys? It was a pretty cool Canon Conundrums, wasn't it, So It was. It was. It was, why didn't Harry die yes. in the forest? Oh, boy. Why? Yes, because we know yeah. definitively because we were there when she wrote it. Yes. Except, yes. except we no, don't, well. and we're totally just hoping we're right. <laughs> I wasn't part of this one, and I have a feeling when I listen to it, I'm going to be screaming at the audio like everybody else. <laughs> oh, come on. We, we, we weren't <laughs> that far I mean, off. I don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean that when you're... It sounds like such a juicy yeah. t- topic of conversation that your own ideas, you know, already yeah. I want to say things, but I'm... Yeah. <laughs> you know, it really was, and it was it was a good conversation, and it's surprising. I, I keep saying this over and over, but every time we go and we talk about these things, and then you end up with something else, and it's yeah. just amazing that Joe is totally. Into this. We it's wanted just... you to be there if your darn cat wouldn't attack everybody. We told was everybody. It my that's cat? What's... I had an infection yeah. in my ear. No, it we told everybody Mutka no. had uh, attacked a neighbor, and you had to help do the first aid. I'm so glad you're there to <laughs> to cover for me. <laughs> you know Thanks. me, good old reliable really? John here. Wonderful, and he's telling tall tales about yeah. your poor cat, my poor, poor ear. Cat. Okay, Aww. I said in my email, I'd rather have cut off my ear than put on put on earphones. Well, you were record. fine the next day. It was a quick ear infection, wasn't it? I have medicine. Medicine is oh. good. Okay, moving on. We have Scribby Five in this week's show, and it's awesome as per usual. So, I think I, I want to hear from Sue what's happening in this week's Harry Potter news. Yes. Well, there. There is some, and I think this is good because we're, we have some new segments, and let's talk about movies now because we're finally starting to hear a little bit about the movies, and that Helena, Helena Bonham Carter is going to reprise her role as Bellatrix the Strange, and she's going to film in the spring because right now she's pregnant with her child. But that means the Spinner's End scene is going to be right. in, everyone. That's Which unless, Which scene? unless it just means that she's in the battle at the end. No, don't say you know? that. Wait now, which what, what scene are you talking about? This kind of bottom car- Spinner's End, John. Oh hell, Spinner's End! Spinner's Jesus, end. yeah, that's like but the coolest they have to one do, ever. They had to do Spinner's End just to get the, that visual of the fiery snake, the unbreakable vow. <sighs> and I just want to see Snape sitting there with like <sighs> his leg <laughs> up and the glass of wine swishing around, and God, that'd be so freaking hilarious. But if that scene is not in, if I don't sit down to that movie, <laughs> if I don't sit down in that movie and that's one, not one of the first things that comes up, I'm leaving right there. Right. I'm going to be like, okay. eh, that's all I'll I can I'll hold you to for. that in, in October, November, <laughs> whenever it comes out. Yeah. November. Yeah, right. November, a year and change away. Oh. There's, um, there's no way they I can't mean, put that in. Well, they have to have it in there. I mean, it's just, it just sets the, the whole tone for the book and the whole movie, I would think. It would be, I just was glad to see that it's going to be coming back. Because, you know, I could see them easily writing her part out, actually. Yeah. I mean, you know. Um, and other film kind of related news. The first of the deleted scenes was posted on the British Board of Film Classification website. And they're, we're getting only about 10 minutes of deleted scenes. And they don't look very good no. from order of the No, weeks. that's all. <laughs> Well, okay. I mean, like, let's talk 
about these names. Oh, Trelawney well, eating. Oh, that sounds David so Yates, cool. Yeah, I've heard David Yates talk about this before, and apparently, okay. while they were filming Umbridge's scene where she speaks to the Great Hall, they filmed uh, for like thirty seconds or a minute or maybe even ten minutes Emma Thompson oh, yeah. doing this like Charlie Chaplin routine with her food, like a silent, like trying to corral her food on her plate, and she cut in that kooky Trelawney way and couldn't do it oh, and was dropping no. things and. And so they said that it was just so great that they had to use, they couldn't use it in the film, but they had to put some of it in. Well, there's a clip of her, you know, there's a cut to her in the film where she's eating something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it's just real quick. But I mean, I just, when I saw yeah. that, I thought, now why are they going to show more her <laughs> exactly. eating? But the way you described it, that sounds awesome because she's yes. so brilliant. I thought it was just she's such, it's just such a great oh, physical man. actress. That I mean, and look at the timings yeah. on these clips. It's almost twice the length of yeah. any other deleted scene. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It's 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 one of yeah. the longest deleted scenes. It's two minutes and 31 seconds, yeah. which is huge for a deleted scene. It's two minutes long for her eating? Yeah. Two, two minutes and a half. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. That's a long scene. And, and speaking of, that could be funny, though. I mean, because she's so, she's just a genius oh, actress. Sure. And, you know, so, and then speaking, there is another scene, though, with her and Umbridge. It's that the Umbridge questions Trelawney, mm. which is a scene that I had been hoping for, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, so that that's kind of okay. Well, here, here are the rest of the so. titles in case you've missed them. It's okay. Neville Speaks Up for Harry. Steady Cam Around, which apparently is just a scenic shot of the camera. <laughs> I cannot around. wait for that. I yeah. love Steady Cam shots. <laughs> I wanted an HD. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's in 3D too. Maybe they have it for the IMAX. <laughs> oh, that would be kind of cool. IMAX ever. Like random. <laughs> you, think, um, you think I'm kidding, but I'd love to see Hogwarts in 3D. You, I know, you, I know. I would too. Yeah. Malfoy, Crab, and Goyle bully a student. Jerks. Yay, yay for Crab. We didn't, we didn't get to see him that much, our friend oh, Jamie. We'll get to we see him in seven, love. won't we? He's a good crabby crab. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. He's got a good. Good yes. <laughs> Wait, Filch blows on Umbridge's hair? Well, that's, that sounded now, dirty for a second. No, we saw, remember we saw a photo, we saw like a bunch of stills before, you know, that whole, we got so many photos before the movie came out. And there was a scene that looked like Umbridge's yeah. hair was on oh, fire. Okay. She it comes out like, on like, fire. Like a firework or something. Yeah, so no. I'm thinking that's probably. That wasn't a romantic scene. <laughs> not some, no. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that. <laughs> that's no wonder I it was deleted. I was gonna say that either of you. Thank you. That's, that's not a very popular <laughs> ship, I don't think, oh, is it? My, no, I think it's probably a very popular ship. <laughs> oh, he's such okay. a grunty old man, though. <laughs> All right, the next one is Harry, Hermione, and Umbridge extended, so it looks like just more forest stuff. Yeah. Harry enters. Don't know where he enters, but Harry enters. And then Harry and Ron packing. So what else is going on in this news? Mr. Dan Radcliffe has been promoting his new film, December Boys, which actually opens next, well, on on September 14th. But he's here doing a whole slew of mass media interviews and stuff. And he says that he actually confirmed that those rumors of, of them bringing Equus over to Broadway are true. And it looks it's very, very hmm. hopeful. And he wants to reprise his role in the, in, the, in the stage play. And Richard Griffiths would appear with him wow. as well. Well, of course wow. he's going to come along. What else is he going to do? Mr. Richard Griffiths is a, a very acclaimed stage actor. <laughs> oh, I know. He's an incredibly great actor. But I'm saying if Dan Radcliffe can, you know, be ours to go over there, I'm sure he could too. That's all I'm saying. Our resident theater critic. Thank you, John. <laughs> well, no, it's great. It's, you know, it's... <laughs> hey. Sorry. A resident theater critic. Oh. <laughs> that was great. <laughs> well, I think I okay, think Dan will be good. He said in a bunch of interviews, like one, he thinks it might be in the fall because there's the filming for Happy Love Prince is going to take, you know. Yeah. How? How can he? Seriously, let's think about this. How can he come over into Equus? What are they thinking about bringing Equus here? Well, at first they had had it at spring, but it's going to have to be until he said later in, in more recent interviews that it would be in the fall, yeah. and it has to be. I mean, just it has to be. And it has to be, and it, it, he can't be in it in the four to five weeks leading up to Half Blood Prince because he has he has to be busy doing press. Oh, yeah. so it's just I don't know how they'd make it, that. I happen. think it would have to after you know because the movie Half Blood Prince is scheduled for release, I believe, on November twenty first, which is Thanksgiving weekend of next year here in the United States. So I'm thinking I would think they would want to either try and launch it after that, you know, if they were smart, because there's no like you said, that's just. That whole yeah. month. Of- and then there's the yeah. Christmas season, so maybe. I'm sure I'll be oh. hearing more about that soon. That's a great Christmas show. <laughs> it's a great you put yeah. you in that real festive mood. <laughs> no. And uh, there's just one more thing I want to talk about. Um, there's another rumor, too, about a new director of photography for the movie, and his name is Bruno Del Benels. Does someone pronounce, help me pronounce that? I don't know. He's a French cinematographer. No idea. 
I can't but pronounce But he's done French some stuff. really good um, movies. And he's doing the one that I think looks kind of good. It's the one that Julie Tamer's doing, the Cross Universe, kind of the Beatles. And, you know, okay. she's so brilliant. She staged um, well, uh, The Lion King, right, on Broadway? Tennis Androticus and The Lion King. Oh, and cool. Very innovative. Yeah. So he, he's, I don't know. It looks pretty good. So, But that's it. Well, now what happens to Stuart? Isn't, I thought Stuart Craig was. Well, Stuart Craig is art yeah. direction. It's a different Yes, job. I know. But he's been, he's been director of photography in the past, hasn't well, he? Uh, yeah, as but well? the last one they had the, the guy that, that shot Black Hawk down, he, who's really, really good. But I think that they're going for that. That, that tells me that they're bringing a new cinematographer means they're going for a different look, like the cave scene. Might be a lot more, very, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. just a lot more. Good. I don't know. What's the word to describe? More spooky? Production design, not direction yeah. of photography. I'm sorry. Yeah. Stuart Craig was. That's okay. I'm sorry. No, I'm <laughs> losing my mind. Yeah, but it yeah. sounds interesting. Stuart Craig. Stuart Craig. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to start talking about uh, Order of the Phoenix again. Oh, I'm excited about Phoenix. That was one hella cool mm-hmm. movie. Sure. Let's keep doing it. All right. Don't put your wand there, boy. What if it ignited? Better wizards than you have lost buttocks, you know. Okay, it's Phoenix Files number two. Ooh. Number two is all. It's our 115th Phoenix Files, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Excellent. The movie's been out for 115 weeks. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's worse than the sound of music. It's the movie that will never end. It's the Phoenix movie. What are we talking about this week? Well, we left off talking about how much you guys hated Petunia's sundress. Oh, wretched. Horrible. Which is just so cruel and uncalled for. I thought it was a beautiful dress. No. But that leaves us with the Dursleys. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned how yada 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 Vernon didn't seem too angry enough, and yeah. the owl only came once, and blah blah blah. But pretty cool scene. Good to see the jerseys again, even if it was just for like a minute or two. That's not that they still exist. But then we come, and uh, Harry finds himself rescued from the order, or at least a sampling of the order. <laughs> That's right. Who was missing? Hmm. Oh. Oh, it would be Remus. <laughs> Remus was, was anybody else missing, or is that just him? Just him. Did he like have a dance appointment or something that day? Could he not what make the, the set? They had Kingsley right. Moody on Tonks, and nobody else was really named. You assume that somebody's Emily's Vance. You assume that somebody is, right. you know, whoever. Yeah. That right. Stiggle. I mean, really, where, where where was he that day? <laughs> it's not like he wasn't cast for the whole film. I, it, it was terrible. I didn't care. I'll say it. I don't care. Well, no, I mean, this, these aren't these aren't really big, you know. Oh, that ruined the whole scene for me. Moments. It's just kind of like head scratchers because you know the guy probably could have been sitting in his trailer on Leafston that day for all we know, right? And he just wasn't on set. <laughs> they didn't include him in the scene. Well, my my thing is that I'm a David Thewlis fan, and I think he's a good actor, and I think he lends a certain I don't know. Uh, gravity. Yes, thank you very much. That's exactly what he does. He does. He has certain what? Yes. You can't just say je ne sais quoi. You have to say je ne sais quoi. I have no idea what that means. Certain something in French. Yeah, like a personality, a certain air, a certain elegance to the movie. I've seen, I just, I just, I really enjoy his acting. And I just think he, it would have been nice to have him there because we hadn't really seen him since you know, th- no. movie three, and then suddenly he's there, and you know later on. But I'm just, I don't know. People liked it that it was Lupin, that the kind of attachment that beloved teacher was there to save him, and I don't know. Yeah. Nice. And he had about three lines of Grimmauld plays. Yeah. yeah, he did. He's like the dark. What, what did he say anyway? Well, we're not there yet. We're not there yet. Yeah. We're not there yet. We're not even near it yet. So okay. Especially we're kind of near it. All that back and forth with the owls and everything right. in yeah. the book. Dispense with Moody saying, "No, you have not been explained." Banging stick and the world yes. shakes. I love that stick. I wish I had a stick. It's like the easy button from Circuit City. It is. <laughs> Staples. 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 That was, that was easy, says Moody. He bams that stick a lot in this movie, but I don't know. I don't did, know. Did, did, we, did she say the line, you could lose your buttocks with the, the wand? No. Oh, no, that would have been nothing good. about the buttocks. I like that line. Except there was this weird like close-up of Tonk, don't call me an infidora, and like she's going to explode. Yeah, yeah it does. Completely uh, overdone. Uh, that was fun. Uh, that's fun. Uh, we like that. Those are book things. We like the things. But I did like the scene, the shot, though. I will. Uh, that's an odd delivery, but I mean, it's okay. I don't. I have to say, I'm not really one to ever be down on any of the actors yeah. in these films. But I, I just don't. Out of all the characters they've ever casted, I just do not buy her as Tonks. 
she's a very talented actress, and she's done probably loads of other great things. But I look at her, I just don't see the tonks that I've been picturing in my head since I've read Phoenix. Well, we did we did get a description of her face in Phoenix. It was like a tomato-shaped yeah. or a heart face, or at one point it was heart-shaped or yeah. something like that. Well, she's just one character that, when I read it, and when they said that, you know, she was the last person, you know, around Harry's time to be bumped up to an, an or, um, because, you know, she was two years out of Hogwarts at the time, whatever. She's supposed to be something around 19 years old or so, which puts her way closer to Harry's age than, than anyone else in the order. And, I, you know, I would have liked to seen somebody cast it a little, that someone that reflected that age and that she so drastically doesn't, no offense, whoever you are, Natalia I forget Tana. your name. You don't look that old, but you don't look 19. That fact isn't brought up in the movie. Think about it as a contained movie. It's really not relevant. Oh, no, I mean, as, as far as that, I mean, she did her job well. I, I, I just personally, and I, I've heard the, the opinion reflected through other people that uh, that she just doesn't look like the Tonks that, that I had vis- envisioned when I read. And almost every other character in the film... Yeah. I can say that they resemble. I, I remember the day that the, the first image of her broke, and that was the image of her with the purple hair, and she was looking a lot more goth than I thought that of Tonks would, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it, it it worked okay. It just wasn't like you said. People have some your preconceived images in the book, and it just didn't really kind of match that description. But I didn't mind her too much, though. Yeah. I just I thought the interaction, the Nifedora line, really threw me off. It was so just out of place and out of character. It kind of took away from that shot, which I thought David Yates did beautifully. Actually, I thought was really cool is when they were standing in line and, and they summoned their brooms. And that was purely a cinematic thing, but it was just kind of cool to see that. But then there was, there's this line that made no sense. And it just... Yeah. Well, the funny thing about that line in the books is that Tonks in the books is, you know, like all quirky yeah. and, you know, cute and, mm-hmm. you know, young and goofy like that. And and then her to get angry, that's funny. That's a big contrast. Right. But then in the film, you ever get all angry. And then, then otherwise, she's just, you know, a stoic, right. you know, fly on the wall. It's like, <laughs> what's wrong with this lady? A- I don't understand. Know. There's nothing fun about you. So what did you guys oh, well. think, though, once they got their little broom thing about what happened next? So that was another kind of big... I loved it how they just pulled them out of thin air. But I swear the first time I saw it... I thought, like, where in the hell were those brooms? Because, like, the screen was oh, so yeah. big I was yeah. watching it on. I didn't see the right yeah. side of the screen. So I, like, wait, wait a second. Where did, what's going on? But they just appear out of uh, out of thin air, which is interesting. Well, I I was very excited to see what happens next because we had heard about – that was, like, one of the first, like, um, filming reports oh, we yeah. heard about them filming along – in London, along the rivers and the different areas, and I just was like, I had no idea what he had in mind, and that scene was wow. I really, it was stunning. It was unreal, and it's and it's one of those moments that I think it's okay to suspend canon <laughs> because they're flying through London. Visibly, you can tell that's London. Yeah, they've been seen. It's not just random clouds like it is in the books, but right in the middle of London. Right. So right. cool. It's, it's the. They almost hit yeah. a ship, and they almost hit the boat <laughs> captain, but maybe maybe if somebody comes around and obliviates them, who knows? We can we can always assume yeah. they did. But it's just a glorious thing, and just what struck me is that it was real London, like the one that we had seen just when we were there. It's just this real yeah. London, and here are these magic yeah. people and this amazing, you know, the shot of them flying along the Houses of Parliament over the River Thames, and just, you know, just, yeah. is that right, Thames? Did I say it right? It's Thames. Thames. Or Thames, right? No, I said it no, wrong last time. I guess, you, so. you did it Thanks. fine. And and but that shot of them like silhouetted and like Moody on his like funky broom with the like the leg rest was so yeah. sweet. You know, mm-hmm. I love that. I still. Yeah, I know it just blurs by in a blur. Yeah. But that was they they designed the coolest broom awesome. for him. I'm just so in love with the art direction in yeah. these movies. They add so many cool touches yeah. like that. Just made and the music to it too. I just you know there had we hadn't really talked too much about Nicholas Hooper's score, but I just. The score underneath that scene is mm-hmm. one of my favorites yeah, on the soundtrack. Melissa, what did you think about that shot? Did you like them flying along like that? or? Yeah, I mean, when I first saw it, I was just like, whoa, 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 what's happening? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because they're flying 
right past a cute right. Like, right in the middle of London. <laughs> I know. Everybody's seeing them. It's no statute for underage, yeah. whatever. Um, but it was yeah. cool. Yeah. I guess when you're a screenwriter or you're a director or whoever's fault it is, you're looking at the scene and going, oh, they fly through clouds. Fun. Mm. We can make yeah. that exciting, but wouldn't it be so do- much better yeah. if, yeah. So yeah. that's fun. We can do better than that. I guess it would be sort of boring. Well, and it gives... Oh, and they fly and they get yeah. <laughs> we, we They get to Grimmauld Place, uh-huh. which I'm happy to say was awesome. I, I think that looked like total Grimmauld Place. Cramped little houses. Sorry, London people. Your houses are crazy small. Mm-hmm. But um, that was uh, one of the coolest sets that we visited right. at Leafston was Grimmauld Place set. And it was in pieces. And, you know, it's not all of the rooms were connected like you'd think they would be in a house. They're, you know, in, in different parts of the the stage. But to see it all in one piece like that and to see them walking through the entryway corridor, which is... Which is the skinny little thing, and head into the kitchen. It was I, I even though Grimmauld Place looked completely different in my head when I read the book, which was just because it looked just like my old cottage. Because I, when I, when we got uh, Order of the Phoenix, uh-huh. the book, we immediately went up to like our our cottage uh-huh. to read it. So when I was reading Grimmauld Place, I just kind of substituted the house I was in Ew. for Grimmauld Place. So it looks nothing no. like the real Grimmauld Place in the movie. But I can't complain that it didn't look like my cottage, yeah. certainly. So that said, awesome set. Awesome scene. Wow. What did you think of it, miss? I loved how closed in it was. How how claustrophobic and gothic yeah. it was. It's, filmmakers really sort of understood something about that. That gothic, dark, scary, has to be tiny big cavernous spaces just don't work for that whole feeling. Yeah. Um, I like that we started to see that Harry's and Sirius relationship immediately. You walk in, yeah. you see the look on their faces. Yeah. If you didn't know they were godfather and son, <laughs> I think there was something between them, but no, 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 it was really, it was really nice. I hope people did remember that. I hope people didn't walk in the movie and be like, who is this creepy man giving Harry the looks? What's going on? But what I love was Fred and George popping up everywhere. It's brilliant. I mean... Oh, they're brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> that whole scene with the yeah. extendable ear. Wasn't the ear just brilliant? Mm. That shot and the cat was hysterical. Crookshanks. <laughs> Bad Crookshanks. That was hilarious. And they did perfectly the whole... The first thing Harry saw, because this is in the book, there was a large quantity of bushy brown yeah, hair flying did. at him. And yep. that's what we yeah. see when he opens the door. Somebody yeah. commented on something recently. It's like, why is Hermione always... All out of breath and all upset whenever she sees Harry for the first time in like every book. <laughs> yeah. You know, go through it almost it every funny. time. Wow. Hermione yeah. is panicked and out of breath and just generally yeah. disheveled. Uh, I will say this the one thing that I had kind of hope, and I knew that they probably wouldn't just because of the effects, but I was kind of hoping to see Crazy Mama Black screeching at him, you know? Yeah. Well, Me that wouldn't have been any harder than Fat Lady yeah. effects. But at least we. S- That's, go ahead. I just think about it story-wise, it yeah. would have been a real distraction. In a, movie. Yeah. in a book, you can read about it, but somebody's screaming at the top of their lungs yeah. in a random house. It's just sort of an alarm. Yeah. Instead of, you act, you actually do hear her muttering, yeah. filthy scum, yeah. et cetera. But cool. it was brilliant, though, how they introduced Creature. Didn't say a word. We saw him for a second. You know, He was just there in the hallway, and I just I was like, whoa. That was really a cool shot of him in the hallway. Now, what kind of lines did he have, though? Because None. was he insulting no. them? No, and he said a couple yeah. later on. He was just like, part of the brat who lived or whatever, but he, huh. yeah. Because the creature story arc, the relationship-wise with Harry and those people, really begins with him just being a nasty, bad, you know, insulting mm. little piece of crap. And... That's, we talked about this in a previous episode, so when he does finally come around and he's nice and cooperative with Harry, it's just so shocking and so hilarious to see him all, you know, dressed up nice and cooking pork mm-hmm. chops. But, um, <laughs> pork chops? I don't know. Do you guys... I think he did, did he? cook pork chops, I don't he? know. I don't yeah. remember. Okay. I could have sworn I read pork chops. <laughs> but... um in the food. It was cool to see him, nonetheless, even if he wasn't a, a big old yeah. jerk. Well... Yeah. 
That was I'm so and I'm glad that we as we later learned that was important for him to be in there, but I was glad that they kept him in and that was that was really cool to see then, you know. Yeah. Just creepy, dusty thing. I love that house. It was awesome. For totally. Well, we've got to okay. stop it there, yeah. guys. This is about as much time as we put into a Phoenix file every week. Mm-hmm. We got a little more Grimwell place left mm-hmm. on to talk about, and I think we jump right into Harry's trip Ooh, to the ministry. Yeah. Woo! And the ministry stuff, which is pretty darn cool. The electricity. Harry, and we've. I'm disappointed. We all thought he had an, an oyster card to go onto the, onto the tubes, yeah. but uh, we were wrong. <laughs> I love those oyster cards. That would have been a hilarious, great touch, and oyster probably would have given him like thousands of dollars to yeah, get his oyster card in the movie, because like like Arthur could have done a one with magic. Stop, hey, stop, hey, stop. Stop. No. my ears. Plug my ears. Hey everybody, and welcome to another Scribby Five. And I'm Nina, or Severine Snape. Hi Nina, and I'm Erin, or Calpius. Hey. Uh, well, for the fa- past few weeks, uh, we've been talking to you about all the things that our Scribulous essays had guessed right about Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Um, but it hasn't all been good. There were quite a few things that we'd wrong too. Well, of course, with all the speculation that was going on, it was only natural that we guessed some things wrong too. Yeah, of course. I mean, I know that I definitely had some theories that didn't pan out in the end. Yeah? Well, what was your favorite wrong theory, Nina? Uh, I actually had this really nifty theory about the final showdown between Harry and Voldemort. Um, Because there had been so much emphasis on love being the greatest weapon Harry possessed, and about how Harry was protected by his mother's love, I thought that maybe Harry had to show Voldemort mercy in the end. I mean, mercy is a kind of love in a way. Um, So I thought that this ancient magic that was invoked by Lily's sacrifice would somehow come full circle. Um, I mean, a mother gives her life to save her son's life, and then the son spares the life of the man who killed his mother. So that's what I thought. Ah, well, the idea of the voluntary sacrifice thing was still important in the end. So, you know, Nina, your, your theory was really pretty good. And truthfully, my, um, my favorite theory wasn't nearly as academic or serious as yours. Which was that? Ah, uh, well, I thought Arthur Weasley, in fact, I was sure Arthur Weasley would become Minister of Magic. And you know, in Order of the Phoenix, Ron is trying to fit in his Quidditch practice around all his pre-exam homework. And then he exclaims that there's no point in Quidditch practice as um, he had about as much chance of winning the Quidditch Cup that year as his dad had of becoming the Minister for Magic. And of course, they did win the Quidditch Club that year. So I thought for sure that Arthur Weasley was a shoe-in for the minister job. Wow, actually, that's a really good theory. And I actually believe that Arthur should have been made Minister of Magic. Yes, I agree. So um, what what did we read in our essays uh, that turned out not to be quite right in the end? Uh, well, first of all, with an average of two or three Snape essays a month, some of them <laughs> were bound to get it wrong. True, yeah. I remember this one actually really great essay by uh, Andrew Cooper um, that compared Professor Snape to the prince from Machiavelli. And this essay predicted that Snape would become the new Dark Lord. Ah, and I would have loved for that one to come true. (laughs) I had really wanted to hate him as much as he hated Harry, but alas, he was pathetic, but not evil. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, there's nothing to stop you from still hating him. But, uh, yeah, I do agree he turned out to be a bit pathetic in the end. And I think we should probably move on from this topic and we'll get some really angry PMs about this. So, um, yeah, sticking with Professor Snape, though... Um, not Snape, only Snape, does our recently Severus, departed Snape, potion master Snape, have scores Snape, of women Severus, drooling Snape. over him. Uh, oh, droves of women. Droves of women, yeah. But the poor man has also been paired with just about every available and even the unavailable females um, in the series. I mean, we have <laughs> one really great, uh, very memorable essay by Future Weasley uh, called The Unsinkable Ship, and this was published in uh, issue 12. And this essay speculates on a possible romantic relationship between Snape and Aunt Petunia. Ah, Snape Petunia. I actually really like that theory. Mm -hmm. 
Me too. The first time I heard of it, um, I was laughing my head off. But the more I thought about it, the less improbable it seemed. And Future Weasley did a great job of presenting all the evidence. I agree, yeah. Of course, we now know that it was actually the other Evans uh, sister that Snape was was mm, interested in. in yes, him. or indeed wasted his entire life on. <laughs> well, indeed, wasted his life on her, yes. Um, and we are probably getting ourselves into enough trouble with Snape friends right now, so let's pick another topic <laughs> to talk about. Uh, well, one of the most uh, creative theories we ever had was from an essay called Harry's Secret Weapon by B. Klutz from oh, issue right. 7. This author predicted that treacle would be an important weapon in defeating Voldemort. Apparently, treacle is a bit like a bezoar, and it helps against most poisons. The author speculates that treacle, which of course is often used in desserts, could protect against acromantula poison, basilisk poison, and even the poison in the wood of the yew tree, which Voldemort's wand is made of, of course. Yeah, it was a great theory, and of course... Um didn't in fact turn out that Voldemort <laughs> would be defeated by Treacle, which would have been great fun, but it didn't work out that way. It's, um, the Treacle could still have those healing powers uh, against poisons and venoms. I mean, it was something that wasn't actually resolved in Deathly Hallows, so it could still be true. Well, yeah, if only Snape had enjoyed more puddings, then he might still be alive today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we shouldn't make fun of my poor cousin like that. Oh, well, why not? <laughs> so on a more serious note, I want to mention one more essay, uh, and it's a great essay called The Secret of Number 12, Grim Old Place by uh, Snitch2006. And this author had actually made a really cool observation uh, in the Half-Blood print that Dumbledore, who was the secret keeper uh, for the Order of the Phoenix, uh, had explained the exact whereabouts of the Order's headquarters while the entire Dursley family was listening in. So the way she presented this theory, it really seemed like Dumbledore deliberately told the Dursleys about Grimmauld Place. And she hypothesized that in this way, uh, she was providing the Dursleys with um, a possible safe place to hide just in, ke in case they, they needed to. Mm, well, I love that theory. I thought it was very convincing. Me too, yeah. I, I really did. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, in the end, of course, the the Dursleys never went to Grimmauld Place, so it didn't really matter in the end, did it? Mm, no, but the Order did provide them with a safe place to hide. Okay, yeah, then that's true. So it wasn't all wrong after all. No, which is proof, once again, that Scribble's authors are just the smartest <laughs> people on Earth. I agree, uh, except, of course, for the one that uh, claimed that Dumbledore in Half-Boss <laughs> Prince was really Slughorn on Polyjuice Potion, or the one <laughs> that claimed that Snape had been high on Felix Fleeces all his life. Hey, that was me! <laughs> <laughs> I know that was you. Uh, well, in that case, I'll just uh, agree with your quote that scrupulous authors are the smartest people on Earth. <laughs> ah, and on that note, that's it for this week. Goodbye. Bye. And now it's time for Canon Conundrums. Listen in as our panel tries to figure out one specific issue from the Harry Potter canon. Who could possibly figure that out? It's time for Canon Conundrums. Yes, indeed. Hey. That's how we say it. Yes. <laughs> I missed you guys last time. Yes, John's yeah. here. Oh, Hello, weren't John. you there? So, what are we talking about? Our canon conundrum this week it is all about the biggest question. I don't know, not I guess the biggest question, but it was the biggest question for mm -hmm. that chapter. <laughs> why, why in the world didn't Harry die in the forest? That's right. Now, a lot of you are going to say, we know why he didn't die already. Uh, mm -hmm. But it wasn't totally obvious. It took a lot of uh, rereads for a few people. Yeah. <laughs> Me, for one. Yeah. I'm still rereading, for goodness sakes. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of explaining, and there's a few things we got from Joe out of the interviews about some, some of those things that I don't remember how one of you guys did. <laughs> but yeah, why didn't he die? Why didn't he die? He got AK'd right in the face. Mm -hmm. oh. He already had one freebie when he was a kid, so what happened right. here, guys? Freebie. Right, and, and no, there was nobody standing in front of him, you know, doing a sacrifice thing. I know. So. Wormtail was already dead. Yep. He couldn't run and lunge and jump in front of yep. the thing like we all thought he was yep, going to. Right. And no Snape to Wormtail protect him. already now. choked himself. Mm -hmm. Nope. Snape yeah. got his head eaten off by a snake. That's, so. right. That's right. And there's no, no firebolt and no... You notice how the firebolt nope. fell out of the, the motorcycle in the, in the battle? 
Do you, yeah, what do a you bummer. know why? Why? Because otherwise he would have flown the thing. Oh, that's Don't you think? Yeah, I suddenly realized that. That's what kind of thought. Why did the fireball go? Nobody even noticed. Well, that was why. Anyway, hey, way off yeah. topic. Jumping right back. Yeah. So yeah. Hedwig couldn't even, you know, jump forward like fox style and eat the eat the spell. Yeah. So there's nobody left. It's just him. It's very hard for Hedwig to do anything when she's been exploded. Oh, well, yeah, that's what I mean. All okay. of her 37 horcruxes. Uh, Speaking of horcruxes, <laughs> did the horcruxes have anything to do with why Harry didn't die? Well, Harry was a horcrux. We know that. Yeah, Harry had a little piece of Voldemort's soul inside of him. Right. Harry Harry says, you know, about this bit of soul that's in him. Has it gone? Oh, yes, said Dumbledore. Yes, he destroyed it. Your soul is whole and completely your own, Harry. So, mm-hmm. in that sense, yeah, you could look at it and say the reason he didn't die is because what got killed was that other piece yeah. of soul. It's like the spell came at Harry, mm-hmm. and then the spell gets close to Harry, and the spell, like, sniffs out, like, this little piece of Voldemort's soul. Right. He's like, I'm going to attack this instead. Yeah, see, that's where I... That's where that kind of falls apart for me because why why would it have killed that bit of soul instead of just killing harry the way it, i mean what is it with ak's and harry harry just can't seem to get killed it's you know? very bizarre because he should have, he should have already been been blasted out of the sky in the first couple of chapters there you know i mean there's, yeah. There's, yeah. so there's all these reasons why harry just seems to always escape the Avada Kedavra spell, but why in the forest? And see, and and this is this is just my crazy sort of. It's not really a theory because we can't hear have theories much anymore. Yeah. But no. in in some sort of weird way, it's almost like Voldemort was in reverse a Horcrux for Harry. Not exactly because it wasn't like he had a piece of his soul, but with that, no. you know, it's almost like the two of them. It's it talks about like a double protection. Yeah. Like yeah. Voldemort and Harry kind of have this double protection. Number one being Lily's blood, which is in both of them, then, and the other being this connection of the Horcrux. Well, mm-hmm. that isn't double protect- protection for Harry. That's protection for Voldemort. But it's kind of like, you know, I mean, Harry's soul by saying, by telling Harry when the other one was destroyed, your soul is whole and completely your own, Harry. It's almost as if a bit of Harry's soul was in Voldemort. But again, I, I would hmm. never say that Harry's soul was ripped. But no. still, you know, it's no. there's that sense of the two of them kind of. It's almost like there were mirrors. Almost like that reverse spell yeah. thing going on. You know. Well, we got the thought that Voldemort was somehow anchoring Harry down during the point where they were in the little King's Cross trippy mm-hmm. station, mm-hmm. and uh, the only part that I read the whole time thinking, okay, that can make sense, that's logical, that makes sense. Up until Dumbledore says, you can choose to go back or you can choose to go on. Mm -hmm. It's like, now wait a second, one or the other here, because either he's dead or he's not. Mm -hmm. So him choosing to go on... Yeah, that action itself is what's going to kill him. Then that some kind of suicide. Yeah, thing? it's not like the ghost thing of choosing to go on or choosing to exactly. stay behind the ghost. There's, there's almost that he would have had the choice to say, "No, I don't want to keep fighting." Yeah, not no. suicide, but just sort of saying, "Okay, right. death is now an option." I it was given, but if it was an option. I'm sorry, he got hit by an Avada Kedavra. Either it kills him or it doesn't, just like you said, Jen. Yeah, so is there an inconsistency there? But see, it's that that part of Voldemort is still in him because of the whatever tie in the scar thing. That baby thing, for those that mutant kind of blob thing that was laying on the ground, is Voldemort's soul. And I think that was, like Mm -hmm. you said, was some sort of like like a tether of some sort, whether it's... um, I guess if you could look at a, a lifeline, like you said, to both of them, and and so mm-hmm. so I don't know if I would phrase it as Harry choosing suicide, but whether Harry's choosing a, a path by by severing that tether to Voldemort, he's choosing which pathway he wants to go to the afterlife or back to the magical world. Well, what Dumbledore says, I think this is. I'm, I'm actually I'm looking at chapter okay. thirty-five of Deathly Hallows. Harry says, "How can I be alive?" And Dumbledore says, think about it. And then Harry says, he took my blood. Precisely, said Dumbledore. He took your blood and rebuilt his living body with it. Your blood in his veins, Harry. Lily's protection inside both of you. And then here's the line. He tethered you to life while he lives. Right. So that since Voldemort's still alive, it's like you almost imagine Harry kind of flying off toward wherever death is. And then that little line pulling him back. And yeah. saying, no, you can't, you still got that protection. It's just, it's nebulous. Do you, do you think it's yeah. just, is it, am I just being simplistic? Because it took me a while to like, I, I really, after the first time I read this, and I remember walking around the block with my friend Sarah, and we were just talking about this, and I was like really confused. I wasn't even sure if that was supposed to be Voldemort's soul laying there. 
Right, I didn't catch that sure. for sure either. You know, and it took me a while, and the more I've reread this now, I'm on my third reread, and, and it's just, is it just a metaphysical, just a, like a, not metaphysical, but just a, a way for Joe to say, here's yet another choice, even as we go? Is is that, because Dumbledore says yeah. yet again, you know, and that's Joe speaking through Dumbledore. It's all about your choices. I mean, is it just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It just seems to me that... <sighs> It is a choice, but the consequences. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know. I just, I was actually pretty disappointed in this chapter, if you want to know the truth. But I wonder, you know, and again, it's it's hard to figure out exactly where he is in his own mind. That's true. But Dumbledore yeah. is an actual real other person. We're not we're not just hearing Harry's thoughts about Dumbledore here. So he is somewhere with the ethereal Dumbledore. But you know, the idea being that Dumbledore says, "Well, I suppose you could go on." That doesn't mean it necessarily is true. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, he may be just playing on Harry's choice on. thing again, but it might be yeah. that not like Harry could have said, "Oh, okay, I'm out of here then." Well, and Dumbledore well, might have said, Dumbledore, "Okay, I was kidding." Uh, <laughs> I was just all of his dialogue was worded so carefully mm-hmm. <laughs> in ways yeah. to make it seem in like Joe speech. <laughs> Harry had the knowledge all mm-hmm. on his own because uh-huh. the the key, the key thing that separates whether or not this Dumbledore image is in Harry's mind or if it's actual essence of Dumbledore coming back to impart to him is whether or not he's imparting new information that Harry didn't have. He is all about his history and the things with you know Ariano. That, I mean that whole part, that whole middle part where he talks about the Deathly Hallows and his quest for those as a, as a you know crying about that, and so that that part is new. So I think that I think it, I think he is really Dumbledore, if you will. I, it's not just Harry's thoughts kind of coming together and making yeah. sense to him. I, I see what you're. That's what you're saying, right? Is that it kind of could be read as Harry just giving a personification to kind of his alter ego, and he talks himself through it. Exactly, like his subconscious mind. Yeah, but the whole part where he's talking about the Deathly Hallows and the things that happened, he does say some new information in there that that we didn't know but so getting back to your point then so meanwhile all this is going on in this i don't know this way station the i don't know what you call it i don't want to put too much of a christian basis on this but this whatever this temporary zone between Mm -hmm. between heaven and hell or whatever um Mm -hmm. the thing that's keeping harry going in that point is actually voldemort is that right yeah yeah, if, if you want to read that one part correct. Yeah. See, that's where, I, that's where I almost feel like Voldemort is a horcrux for Harry, to use the word real loosely. I mean, not, not yeah. technically. Yeah, but yeah. the idea that, that because of the blood protection, Voldemort is what's tethering Harry to life. And, and Harry is, yeah. is not dead, even though Voldemort hit him with the AK. Yeah. He is not dead because actually Voldemort is still connected to so him. So that's what's keeping and him And it's alive. not just wow. the soul bit. Because the soul bit the actually blood. is, yeah, it's the blood. The soul bit is that crying baby that you'll notice that as the chapter goes on, Harry cares and cares less and less about that crying baby to the point where he just kind yeah. of doesn't even notice anymore. So shut that mm-hmm. thing up. Yeah. But what makes it also more complicated is that there are three different sorts of complicated magic right. that that we have to contend with here that is new to us and we don't quite understand fully. And it's one, of course, the mm-hmm. horcruxes. What happens when they're destroyed? Mm-hmm. What are what are they used for? What's their function? Number two is the blood connection and the whole Mister Blood stuff. And then you have the Deathly Hollows and the Elder Wand mm-hmm. and what happens when you try to battle a wand that supposedly can't lose. Mm-hmm. So when you have all those three different things floating around in your head, it's very difficult to figure out exactly what's going on. And yeah. I think that you know that's that's for it's for a good reason. But um, I do think that it's the blood. Yeah. Of, of Harry that is what's tethering him with Voldemort to life. But I also think the more I, uh, second time I read this chapter, I know a lot of people were kind of uh, wondering about, well, how long was Harry really gone? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it was an instant. But you'll notice that Voldemort was knocked out too. You realize that? He was knocked out, but I don't think he was passed out no. for a 10-minute right. conversation no. that Harry and Dumbledore did. I think you're right. I think it's just a, a split, splash. Yeah, just a split second. But here's one more thing. And this is something which kind of just goes to what you were just talking about, John. This whole back to the blood. Uh, this is yeah. this is another a little bit further on in that chapter. This is uh, Dumbledore talking. He took your blood, believing it would strengthen him. He took into his body a tiny part of the enchantment your mother laid upon you when she died for you. Now here's where it kind of gets interesting. His body keeps her sacrifice alive, and while that enchantment survives, so do you. And 
so does Voldemar's one last hope for himself, which is what? His act of remorse, right. He still has that chance for remorse. It's almost like Lily's sacrifice is so good that it yeah. keeps the possibility of good alive in Voldemort. The idea that yeah. even at the end, he could be good. Which is why Harry, at the very end, what does he say to him? You, you still have one more chance, yeah. buddy. Remorse. Isn't that wild? Oh. Just how powerful that was. Is it incredible. Really ripped his soul into pieces. Yep. Yeah, that, that connection, mm-hmm. that, that magic in, that, mm-hmm. in that, and his blood there was strong enough to give him, what yet again, another choice. Mm-hmm. And he... he Presented mm-hmm. me with the opportunity to choose otherwise, right. he chose right, that ultimate last moment. Oh, oh so just so oh, amazingly, just so philosophical, and your principles, and religious, and and all these things. And I was astounded actually that that Harry still was able to find that within him. Say, and that she gave Voldemort this option still at the very end. That she had this character who yeah. was so mm-hmm. vile, so evil, just the embodiment of evil. That, that there's mm-hmm. still that yeah. chance of redemption. I was so struck by that, and I just and I didn't know if that was actually magic. And the idea that she took these great philosophical religious concepts and put them into mm-hmm. magic just, it just staggers me. Well, hell, I mean, Harry dying for mm-hmm. everybody. I right away thought of the thief on the cross. Right. Exactly, and I mean, he is you know he died dying for everybody's sins, you know, and even even to the point where. It's like Voldemort faces him and is given, you know, at the pretty much the end of his life, the choice to, you know, choose good or choose bad. Mm-hmm. Oh, 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 and you know what, just, I just thought of something. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. here, I'm out of nowhere. Grindelwald lies to Voldemort. Yeah, yeah. Who yeah. then kills him, and the comment is made that he felt remorse later in life. Grindelwald is almost Grindelwald like did. the, what Voldemort could have been. And I'm not talking about a wretched man on the top of a tower dying in a, right. in a prison so much yeah. as not dead. I mean, yes, ignored. Yes, forgotten. Yes, yeah. nothing anymore. But think about that. It mentions the actual word that he felt remorseful late in life. It's a big word, remorse, because the other big time we hear it is Hermione explaining how the only way to recombine your soul once you've split it is to show remorse for your actions. So it's like Harry was offering him, you know, a, you know, you're damned if you do and damned if right. you don't. If, if Voldemort did show remorse, that could have killed them too. Because it's supposedly so painful of a thing to try to, you know, for that ripped up piece of a soul to show remorse, it could be enough. Well, granted, his Horcrux is already destroyed at that point. Do you, you want to know one more place where the word remorse comes in? Yeah. Where's that? Harry. What? He says... And this is from the end of chapter six. He says, Harry watched. This is talking about Molly. Harry watched as she waved her wand near the washing line and the damp clothes rose into the air to hang themselves up. And suddenly he felt a great wave of remorse for the inconvenience and the pain he had given her. Oh, Mm -hmm. wow. I mean, this is Harry. Harry is filled with remorse for something like that, for the inconvenience and the pain. And again... I think that that was an intentionally chosen word. I think she knew that when yeah. she got to the end, she was going to be talking about remorse, and she wanted to show that Harry He's is, capable. I don't want to use the word perfect, but no. Harry mm-hmm. all the way through shows the qualities mm-hmm. that Voldemort lacks and what right. makes him, even, he's even given the chance at the end to do it. So here's my thought. So th- maybe this is just too far out there, or maybe it is already implied and I'm just being obtuse, but... <laughs> Did Harry's ability to choose the right path to go back, did that give him some added magic, some added power? You mean when he, after, he, after the King's Cross yes. chapter? Yes, yes. Well, yeah, what I don't quite get, I caught this one of the times through, is he says something to Voldemort about, did you notice how your magic doesn't affect anybody? Yeah. It was the fact that he made the sacrifice and his love's sacrifice for the whole school. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden he did the mom thing for the entire exactly, castle. Exactly. So I, I've been meaning to go back and read through and see, but like when he lights Neville on fire, for example. Yeah. I mean, before that, yeah. doesn't he do a cruciatus on him? Mm-hmm. I have to find yeah. it. See, now I'm showing well, you I the, don't know where all absolutely everything is. Silencio spells didn't help. Right. That was why. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but that's, that's an interesting f- comment that he says, didn't you notice that your spells don't work? And I remember when I heard yeah. that at one of the times through, I thought, Oh, that's weird. I, that's it so seemed to cool. me like he was doing some stuff. Wow. Work, but not not in the way that they're supposed to. And certainly, Neville certainly didn't burn to pieces. 
And I'm sure Voldemort wanted to keep a Silencio spell on a bunch of kids. He could do it, no problem, if he had his full magic. But they were protected from Harry's uh, sacrifice. Uh, you know what? I was thinking that Voldemort did a Crucianus on Neville, but he doesn't. No. no. He comes out here, and Neville says who he is, or, or Bellatrix identifies him, and he right. tries to... Yeah. But he, Neville just says, so what if I am? You show spirit and bravery. I'll join you when hell yep. freezes over, says Neville. Dumbledore's army, and then there's a big cheer. Right. Voldemort says, very well, and the sorting hat comes flying down. Now, that was, I'm sorry, that was a little bit of a gimme, okay? That all of a sudden, the sorting hat, Voldemort thinks, <laughs> thinks to use the sorting hat, and hey, doesn't the sword come out of the sorting hat? You know, that was a little bit of a gimme. But anyway... Um, <laughs> It's just, <laughs> you know, Voldemort, could could you be stupider? I mean, you know, let's think about this. You know, Voldemort's there and he's saying, okay, what would be the stupidest thing I, I could, I could chop him to shreds, I could use Sectumsempra, I could use all sorts of really nasty things, but no, instead, I'm going to get the sorting hat out. You know, it's yeah. like, oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'm going into evil overlord mode now. The things Voldemort should not have done. We are about at our time mark here already. <laughs> We're on a roll. Okay, I'm sorry. I know. I'm, I'm actually demonstrating my superior knowledge of Deathly Hallows. Yes, you I'm are. Really it's unfair. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, no, and I'm, I'm sorry. I, I deserve to have credit for the fact that when I need, I'm sitting here with a big, thick copy of the Scholastic version, and I needed to know yeah. where that was, and I turned to the Chapter 6 and found it just like that, and I should be proud. You should be proud. We are, we're going to call you Quick Fingers. I should, like, do something like a lexicon or something. You think? Nah. I wonder if anybody has bought the domain already. <laughs> <laughs> LOL. Pretty good, guys. I think I know a little better uh, why Harry yeah. didn't die. It's just so fascinating to keep going over these it topics. It is. That's exactly right, Sue. It's just this topic. These kinds of topics are so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one of the cool things we're going to be doing soon with Pottercast is going through it bit by bit. Either a chapter at a time or a piece of a chapter at a time, but we'll go through it sequentially. Oh. So we make sure not to miss anything. Cool. Let's do it. I mean, just book seven or are we going to do the whole dang series? We're going to start with book seven. <laughs> if we want, if people want us to go back, we can. Oh, man. We'll be doing, de- we'll be doing canon conundrums or whatever we're going to call it. We're going to be doing those yeah. for like the rest of eternity. Yeah. I know. Well, these are, this is actually, it's going to be a separate about 12 okay. minute segment. Oh, okay. That, uh, we're going to have okay. people. When you say we, John, are you including me or is you just taunting me with this? No. no so what we're actually going to do is um, because because how crazy everybody's schedules are, we're going to try to get in, if not Steve, somebody else, be it a fan or a staff member or anybody else. You don't want me in it, do you? Our guest. Get out of here, Steve. Shut up. But yes, of course we want you in here. <laughs> but Steve will uh, not be leaving Canon Conundrums. We'll still be keeping Canon Conundrums. But for the Phoenix Files and for the new canon, whatever we're calling it, bit by bit. Hello, hunks. We're going to have the same person. That'd be fun. <laughs> That'd be we're, we're going to have a, a, guest, a, a guest host for both of those segments. Mm-hmm. And it uh, should be super cool. And I'm sure Steve will be that person numerous yes. times. Mm, Yay! That'd be cool. <laughs> Anywho, let's mm-hmm. push on to what I think is yes. the wrap-up. Oh, yes, we got to do a proper wrap-up, don't we? Okay, so why didn't Harry die in the forest? Well... Easy answer? Because <laughs> Voldemort missed. Yeah, he missed. Yeah. That wasn't it. <laughs> Voldemort doesn't miss. <laughs> he went wide, no. Mr. Mr. Blood is yeah. why he didn't die. Four! Clunk! <laughs> I can just see him shooting off AK after AK, and you know, one of the giants kills over. Dang it! <laughs> you know, Death Eaters are falling. Dang it! Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Bad one. I'm off on a... Okay. Well, it's the mutant All blob, right. baby. Is the protection mm-hmm. shield or whatever. But, yeah, whoa. that's well. It's the 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 blood the is. Blood. Are we yeah. are we wrapping up or are yes. we just kind of wrapping? I think yeah. we're already done. <laughs> well, I think it's the. I think it's like it says. It's the the blood is like a tether. Yeah. That keeps him alive, but I think there's a lot more to it than that. Like yeah. we were saying, there's like multiple magical things happening at once. Here. Amazing. And I think we've scratched some surfaces, and I think it needs more scratching. We'll be scratching so. them again, yes. I'm sure. Cool. <laughs> All righty, guys. <laughs> All right. We'll see you it's next week fun. with more Canon okay, Conundrums. Bye. Oh, looking forward to it. See ya. Bye. Great show, guys. Oh, it's an awesome show. I don't know. that. Why didn't Harry die in the woods? We have to talk about that again yeah. so I can join. Oh, we're going to talk about all this again. So if a Harry dies in the woods and nobody's there to see it, does he... <laughs> 
does yeah, he kill Horcrux? I, I know, for real. And then, you know, it's yeah. so hard not to want to go off on the blood tangent, and the whole thing is just... Well, Mr. Blood, I'm waiting to put that back into the show, because I'm waiting for the Mr. Blood montage that someone needs to create and go back and listen to all the shows we talked about Mr. Blood and... I'm, I, I still, I would if I had like a good afternoon on my hands with nothing else to do, which will never happen. I'd go through <laughs> the shows and go listen through all the episodes and pull all of the random noisms. Somebody, somebody put them into a leaky lounge thread the other really? day. Wow! But, no, they did. So, have you seen this thread? No. All the random stuff that he said over the course of a year and a half or two years or whatever that has turned out to be correct. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. It's scary. I mean, it's it's impressive in that in the sense of putting them back to back like that but really yeah. for every one of those that's true there's like four others that were utter nonsense yeah four <laughs> four four or ten you're yeah. talking about like 20 moments over two years wow yeah. so you know not, but but seriously but it, it's true. amazing like, so, like at one point you said that Voldemort was going to float yeah Voldemort could, <laughs> could hover or fly or something or and then well, I, I, I did contend for a while that Kingsley was going to be the most you know the next most likely person to take over the order after Dumbledore and I think I caught a lot of uh, disagreement when I brought that up in the one show. Well, how about this? If you, if somebody does not not just John, but anything that's been said over the over the past however long podcast, two years now, that has turned out to be correct in Deathly Hollows. If you make a montage, you'll get. We'll, we'll give you. We I'll send you a podcast T-shirt. One of my own around. T-shirts. Yeah. We have we have pod, we have podcast stickers lying around. We have lots of stuff. Somebody sent us what would Melissa do bracelets? Serious. Like for real, I, I wore it for a weekend before ones. I realized that I still had it on. <laughs> no, I was wondering why I was yelling at so many people. I'll send you that. I have, oh. I have so much. I have an Order of the Phoenix bookmark. I have so much stuff. You'll get a big pack of stuff in yeah. the mail. Um, a whole, if you make that a whole montage. big pack of stuff. All like there's little clips of people. It doesn't have to even be the three of us. Even guests or whatever. Yes. Modcasts, Scribby Fives, anyone who says something that turned out to be correct, and you can use the transcripts from our lovely transcription elves. Yay for the elves! Um, to help Sweet. you. That's a, that'd be a big help to Thank find. Thank God you know? we have those, trans, uh, those transcripts elves. Jeez, out. Awesome. This is a perfect opportunity to <laughs> dig into them. It'd be so much fun to listen to that that clip. Uh, well, guys, well, speaking John, of canon. Well, speaking of canon, now that you're official canon, do you think Dollish's John Dollish birthday will be this weekend too? No, John see, I would, I, would, I would just probably die of all sorts of... Everything's if <laughs> the, oh, if Dolly you know, showed up on her happy birthday, Dolly, <laughs> September seventh. That would be like the coolest thing. I just don't think that. I don't think she she's has got that much of uh, th- thought process to spare on me. But uh, but who, if who knows? I'm sure. Uh, hell, I'm not sure of anything, but I'm still holding out for that darn encyclopedia. Oh, yeah. well, it's going to be the lexicon, right? It is. It will be in the lexicon, according to Mr. Steve. I don't know if it's there yet or not. So what are you doing for your birthday? Yeah. Oh, you know, I'm getting to be an old man here, so. <laughs> yeah. Nothing too old exciting. Man. Now, um, the, the lovely Miss Bree and I are probably going to go find some dinner. and. Um, please say it's not at Chipotle, please. Go to Disney. Please. We're not going to Disney tomorrow. We're going to Disney next weekend. Sounds great, John. Oh, thanks. Thanks so much. I wish... I wish I could be there, but I did get a big helping of John Noe last week. Yes. That's right. That's right. That's he right. Was... Oh, my God. We have a funny story to tell, don't we? Yeah. It is pretty awesome. Okay, you want to tell it? Sure. Well, I'll start. We went to go see Rent. Oh. Because I've never seen it with John. Yes. And my friend Anthony is back in it right now. Him and, and um, Adam Pascal are reprising their original role. So John and his sisters were excited to go see it. So we went. We had tickets, but with Rent, you go and you do a lottery. This is the Broadway show, in case nobody knows. You go and you do a lottery. You put your name in, and all these people put their names in. And if your name gets called, you're allowed to buy one of the tickets in the first two rows for $20. You'll buy two wow. tickets. Two tickets, if you win. We put our names in, and there's like 100 people standing around, and we're thinking, yeah, okay, whatever. They're going to call 20 people's names. There's just, you know, there's just no way. First name that gets called. John Noe. John Noe. There's four of us, so we need to we need two wins. Second name. I got two tickets right there. Right. Second name that gets called Melissa and Ellie. So we're jumping around. Out of like two hundred some people, mind you. Wow. So for the first two people to be called. Well, all sorts of excited, right? This is this is fantastic. So we're freaking out. My sister's crying and everything. It was really great. Just cloud nine. So then we turn around and some girl comes out of the crowd. She goes, John and Melissa. We were like. Yeah. She's like, I was listening to Pottercast the whole way up here. That's oh so- my God. <laughs> Pottercast no. listeners yeah. in the rent lottery. In the rent. So she would have never known that we were there if we hadn't have won 
that Great. lottery, you know? And yeah. she said that she turned around to her friend and she was trying to convince her friend why she listened to podcasts like the whole way up there. And then, and uh. then we, we just <laughs> ended up being, she had no idea. You know, it was funny. Crazy. Wow. So, yeah, it was cool. Thank you, that Beth, so for making cool. us feel like rock stars outside of rent. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> But that's so cool. So how was it seeing it that close for you, Melissa? Had you seen, ever seen it that close? You know, it was shades of 10 years ago because I hadn't seen it in that, that close in that theater for for 10 years. It was it was weird. It was completely freaky. What about, but John, you'd never seen it that close. I did see it that close. We won the lottery before, actually. Oh, well, finally. But no, we never seen it with Adam and Anthony, though. My God. Yeah. They yeah. did very good. <laughs> it was a fun, it was a very, very fun weekend. I think there's some pictures floating around their Facebook already. Yeah, your sister puts them up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh gosh, too fun. Yeah. So much fun. So, what about next week, though? We got a lot of new stuff coming. Actually, not a lot of new stuff, but starting next week, we're having a new segment all about Deathly Hollows already. Just because we decided that we don't talk about Deathly Hollows enough. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, no, this segment is going to be, actually, right now, just in our notes, it's called uh, Deathly Hollows Bit by Bit, but it's only because we wanted to give ourselves some flexibility into how much of it we talk about every week. But the idea is so we don't miss anything. We're going to talk about it, um, a, you know, a chunk at a time sequentially, from starting from the very beginning. Yay. So next week we're going to pick up from the, the beginning of the book, going to the Malfoy house and seeing Voldemort again, and uh, do about a 12-15 minute chunk of it and pick it up every week afterwards but the cool thing we want to do with this actually probably going to start with steve for next week if he's around but uh we'd like to have a guest host which includes any any fan out there any fan any staffer even hell anybody who can record themselves like we do um using audacity or using anything any other way that they can record themselves with us using skype and send in their files that makes you eligible all that and having something interesting to say so what, uh, what that will entail is you'll be recording the 15-minute Deathly Hollows bit by bit with us, as well as the Phoenix Files, and that should be super cool. It's going to be a new person each week, and it's just going to be a cool way to get fans on the show for longer than their one-minute voicemail, like we do sometimes with the mailbag. But uh, if you're interested in that, send us an email and your Skype name involved with that email, and just you know a 10-second snippet proving that you can record yourself properly and that you have something interesting to say about the books so exactly do some sort of theory or some commentary anything sort of like yes. a little audition yes well and 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 also we, we will tell you ahead of time what we'll be talking about we can tell you hell right now like i just said we'll be talking about the bit by bit will be the first chapter pretty much of deathly hollows and the phoenix files shall be harry's return journey to school and meeting luna love good on the the thingy majigger the Thestral Mobile. So, yes. They're called Thestral Mobiles. So, if you're interested in being a little guest host with us and you want to record with us, give us that, that email. We usually do it on uh, Wednesday nights or Thursday nights, so you need to be around Wednesday night, Thursday night Eastern times. So, cool. Cool. Yeah. And uh, yeah, check, the, check also the Pottercast blog. We're setting up. Uh, the podcast acting troupe. Yes, very exciting. Like we talked about in a previous episode. Um, we're going to try to do it for reals. More information about how to audition for that troupe, including where we're going to be getting the script from, will be posted to the podcast yeah. blog within the week as well. Excellent. I have some more, some more little news. Keep an eye on Leaky for an announcement in the next six weeks about this year's Get a Clue charity drive. It is set to be our most special this sounds like it's cool as hell it does yeah I'm not announcing it yet but mm-hmm. when we do it just it's gonna be yeah it's gonna be coolest pretty, ever pretty awesome also um, I just got an email from our friend Abby do you remember when we did Habitat for Humanity in yes. New Orleans oh yes. sure sure our friend Abby is up to organizing something else as she's wont to do and they are they are putting on this whole thing in Missouri called the Rock Stock Spooktacular oh yeah oh yeah I remember that it's a rock with a W mm. W-R W silent Rock Stock rock. and it's Wizard <laughs> Rockers it's like 13 Whack. bands uh, for, like Draco and the Malfoys the Remus Lupins um Bombing Willows the Parcel Mouse wait is it the Remus Lupins or Remus and the Lupins the Remus Lupins which one is that Lupins Alex. Remus and the Lubins is no, the, the real Remus one? Lubins is Alex. Got it. Okay. okay. Uh, anyway, there's like 13 bands playing, and it's a whole weekend of craziness. So um, 
we're gonna put we're gonna post the directions onto Leaky so that you can. There's a little bit. It's a little bit of a complicated ordering process. But basically, you have to call this lodge and make a room reservation, and then get your ticket. We will put the di- the directions for getting a ticket on Leaky and on Pottercast. So all the proceeds to this event <coughs> go to benefit the Harry Potter Alliance as they get their charity and their activism wing um, set up. So it's a really good cause, and it looks like a fun weekend. So if you can go, you know. Hell's yeah. October band. 26, 27, 28. Mm-hmm. Great bands, great music. I mean, Oliver Boyd's even going to be there. It's going to be a lot of great mm-hmm. bands. Man. Yep. What about the Ministry of Magic? Oh, they're I think they're there. They're cool. Have you heard their music? Are they going? Are they going to be there? I soon? don't think so. They covered. They, they just covered Harry and the Potters. This I, book is so awesome. I heard it. It was yeah. pretty good. It is. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I heard that on somebody's MySpace profile, and I'm like, what? That's so cool. That's it what is. makes me yeah. laugh. Yeah, I don't think they're going to be there, but they're really good. They do music. There's so many great bands out there now. It's amazing. amazing. Have they ever done any live stuff? I don't think what? so. I haven't heard them. I don't know. I don't know why I'm asking you. Ministry of Magic has done has done live stuff. Here's the list: It's Draco and the Malfoys, The Whomping Willows, The Remus Lupins, Catch Love, Tom Riddle and Friends, Ministry of Magic, The oh, Quaffle Kids. Friends. There you go. <laughs> I've never heard of that. hilarious. The Quaffle Kids, DJ Luna Lovegood, The Cedric Diggory's, The Hungarian Horntails, Oliver Board and the Rememberalls. Justin Finch Fletchley and the Sugar Quills and the Parcel Mouths. Nice. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, pretty awesome. You can check out more about that at St. Louis Area Wizards.com slash rock. W R O C K. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a plan to me. Cool. All righty, peoples. All right. Oh, we got to get the tails out of here. Yeah. Out. Howdy 5000. Right. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks, everyone. Have a great weekend. Keep your eyes Thanks on to- podcast.com. Till next time, keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be Badger. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good Good night. night. We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. (laughs) This week's Pottercast was produced by the Pottercast Trio and Steve Bonnet. The show was edited by Steed, Hildy, Samantha, and Liz. Thanks to Steve Vanderart for joining us for Canon Conclusions. Thanks to our Scribby 5 team, Aaron and Nina. And thanks, as always, to our awesome transcription elves for transcribing this and all our other episodes on Pottercast.com. For more information about the show and how to contact us and be a part of future episodes, visit Pottercast.com.